this week is Parshas Vayeshev. And this is a mimer that I wanted to teach for years. And uh, it's one of the memorim in Torah or We haven't learned Torah in a while because Baruch Hashem, we've learned all the memorim already in Torah or And there's few parshias that still have memorim that we didn't learn. And Parshas Vayeshev is one of them. Uh, this mimer, um, I, tr- I, 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 I kind of scanned a few times to learn it and I, and I generally would give up on it. It was like something that just didn't click in my head. And today it kind of clicked, sort of. I want to thank, or uh, what's his name, uh, Gelb. Um, what's his first name? Levi Gelb, because I, w- I, I was, I didn't get, I was very exhausted this week. I did a lot of fabrengans for Yutas Kislev, and today I was like ex- so exhausted. I didn't know how in the world I'm going to teach tonight and how I'm going to find prepare the energy I needed for preparing. And then I looked at my email, and he sent me. Um, he does an interpretation of a mimer every week, Chasidus Mavueres. Um, in which he explains a discourse, and he, disc- he, he I was excited to see that he explained this discourse that for years I was trying to pro, you know, go at not and and, and uh, I think, you know, he it's a little bit explanation which he took from different places and he and he put over here added a little bit of a or at least <laughs> whether it added or at least gave me the the uh, the inspiration to sit down and learn it, and as a result of that. So I can't say I understand the mimer. Uh, as you'll understand soon that the mimer deals with things that are beyond intellect. So it's hard to grasp and understand. But yet that's what Hasidus is, that even that which is beyond the intellect should be understood and therefore internalized. So this is such a beautiful mimer where the Alter Rebbe comforts us in such a deep way on something that can really, really, really in some way or another, any serious-minded spiritual person who wants to serve Hashem and, and is seeking a connection must be bothered by this situation. I mean, it cannot be that one is kind of, uh, you know, that this doesn't occur to a person to, to, like... And that is the contradictions in our lives, that our lives are so full of contradictions in a, when it comes to spiritual matters, is that we, we try so hard to try to make a connection to Hashem, to Davin, to... Primarily to like get inspired by godliness, by holiness, and to dedicate ourselves, devote our energies to serving Hashem and to be a good yid. And then, like, and we have good moments from time to time. Sometimes we merit a good moment, you know, uh, once, once a month. At times we might even be lucky. We have a good moment once a week. And if we're on a roll, we might even have these good moments once a day. A moment of clarity, a moment of you know deep devotion and deep connection, where we know that Hashem is so real, and that it's the only thing, the only being worth pursuing in our lives is godliness. But then the scary part is that, like that moment passes, that light goes away, and we suddenly make such a flip and such a turnover, and we get involved in the worldly things. And I'm not talking about getting involved in negative things. That too happens. The Rebbe is even going on a much subtler level. The fact that we become so obsessed suddenly with material pursuits, even just earning a living, but we do it with such an obsessed, with, our, with, with all of our obsession, with all of our heart and soul, and that is so contradictory to these, to what we what we are saying or what we're what we stand for at the moment that we davened, at the moment that we saw that Enoid Movade, there's nothing but Hashem, there's nothing but only Hashem is worth connecting to, giving our energies to, and suddenly, you know, like, as if you never davened, you're, you're back in the world, and at that moment, you're so caught up, so caught up with all your heart and all your passion, all your soul, 
in providing for yourself and your family and whatever it is, as if the reality of God suddenly totally disappeared and the world becomes so important, so big, so, so something, to, uh, something to not just reckon with, but something to respect. We, 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 get, we give such respect to the world instead of respecting God. And at a certain point, you want to begin to wonder, is my, is my spirituality true? Or am I just fantasizing? How can it be true? If it would be true, how can it be that, you know, an hour later, I'm so lost in Gashmias. I'm so lost in the physical. So it must be that when I am, that when I am, um, when I'm davening, and I'm like in this elevated moment, it's just a figment of my imagination. It's just fantasies. It's not real. Because if it would be real, how can I lose it and be so different an hour later? And, and this is our lives. I mean, this is the way the Altarebbe puts it. But really, it's in everything. We, 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 we have so many contradictions. Sometimes we're so spiritual and so godly, and sometimes we're so lowly and so dark. And we can get very, very, very disillusioned with ourselves and very frustrated with the entire, with the entire um, project or the entire um, um, process of... of, 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 of of, of seeking godliness that, that can become so, so... So in this mind, the Altareb is going to explain that that is what Golos means. That's the situation of Golos. Golos is a world of contradictions because the, Met, because the Pasuk says that uh, when we're going to come back, when, we're gonna, when Hashem is going to return, the returnees of Zion, when Hashem is going to bring the Jewish people back to Eretz Yisrael, we're going to realize that we were like dreamers. We're going to be like waking up from a nightmare, from a dream. And we're going to realize that the like we're going to be pinching ourselves to see if this is true. But what really is going to happen is, it's really it doesn't mean that we're going to be then like a dream. It's going to feel like a dream that's happening. We're going to realize that we were like a dream the last two thousand years. That exile was a dream, and that Rebbe is going to explain what is the significance of dreams. Is that in dreams you can experience contradictory things, things that are so illogical, they're so senseless, they're so ridiculous. They just cannot be contradictions that just two things that can't go together. You can't be alive and dead at the same time. And when you're dreaming, you can think you just were killed. Anybody ever dreamt that they died? You dream that you die, and at the same time, you're, and then you're alive. That's the mushle he actually gives about a, a being, a dreaming that you would, that a person is not alive anymore, and then, you, then, you're, then you're alive a minute later. Or at the, it doesn't make any sense. You're here and you're there at the same time. You're young and you're old. You're, I, I mean, the, the contradictions, the ludicrousness of dreams is like, and that's a dream state. So Golos is a dream state. Where our entire existence is in a dreamlike state. So what's... Okay. So basically all the Alter Rebbe did so far is that, he's, that he's, he's telling us, well, I'm sorry, I know you're living in contradictions, but that's just the way things are. So make peace with it. He doesn't leave you by that. What the Alter Rebbe is doing is inside for saying that you're not the only one. That's just the condition in which we're conditioning God. He gives some kind of a... He gives some kind of a re- reasoning to the madness. He explains why Hashem puts us through this dream state. Because he says that in the dream, we actually access something so much deeper than in the times when the Beis HaMikdash was standing and we were not living the contradiction. He says a dream, even though a dream is a, is a, is a confusion of the mind, a dream is an inferior state. When a person is... Another, when, a, yeah, when a person is dreaming, you're in, a, you're in a compromised state in comparison to a wakefulness and a clarity, the clariness that you have when you're awake. 
and your confusion of the dream, the confusion of the dream is, is far inferior to the clarity of the mind. Yet, he says, the truth is that the root of the dream, of the source of a dream, is really much higher than the clarity of wakefulness. Because where the dream really comes from, it comes from a place that could handle contradictions. That is so deep and so high that, that, that every in that place, it, 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 it encompasses all opposites and all, all contradictions. So it's true. Dreaming is a negative state, but it's touching upon a certain truth, a certain depth of soul, a certain depth in the, in the, in the essence of the, human, of the human soul that transcends all definitions, and because it transcends all definitions, it unifies even the most extreme, ex- extreme things, are unified in that place. As it relates to God, during the Golos, Hashem is communicating to us from a place of His essence, a place much higher than, than, the, than his projective uh, wisdom, in, intellect, and mind. Hashem is not relating to us through his mind. Where the mind tries to sort everything out and make sense of everything, Hashem is relating to us from a place that infinitely transcends all reason and logic. And, the, and because we're touching such a deep place, but we can't obviously receive that, that light directly in a, in a clear way, because we're not Kalim. We're not Kalim for God's infinite, boundless, undefined, and therefore all-encompassing reality of the Abish. We're not Kalim for it. So the only way God can communicate it to us is by dressing it in a dream. In other words, the, the, the infinitely high comes down in something very low. So the contradictions that we are experiencing in life actually is being placed upon us. In other words, don't think it's your fault. That's what the Rebbe is saying. I mean, you, no matter who you are, no matter what kind of tzaddik you are, you're going to experience moments of contradiction. Of course, if we don't try hard enough, then we have more contradictions. <laughs> but even big people will also have contradictions. And know that the Eibishter is, is put, it is, 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 is um, he is orchestrating these contradictions in your life. He is putting you, basically what meaning, the, he lets you daven, but then he prepares something so powerful and so strong that's going to distract you. And you think you'll be a hevraman and you'll keep your mind, and you'll be like really strong, and you'll be, guess what? The wave will come and slap you down on your back. Whoa! And you're going to be pushed down, like the wave is going to take you. And then you're all broken, and you're all like, oh, I can't believe it. Like, where's my, where's my strength? You know what? The Abishter took you to a very, very pot. Hashem was connecting you at that moment to a very deep place. And therefore, you experienced it as a contradiction. Which means here you're davening, and here you're nebuch, you know, you've lost it completely. But know that it's... What's beautiful in the Maimer, and he doesn't... The truth is, in the, in the, in the language of the Maimer over here, he doesn't say so much that Hashem is sending you on that spin. He just says that it's a time of contradiction, but there are other versions of the Mimer, and Tafkov Samachay, the same Mimer, where he actually says that Hashem makes the need of Parnassa be so, or the, the situation of Parnassa be so difficult that it's actually going to rip you, it's going to tear you out of your spiritual connection, and it's going to put you into this bewilderment, and then you're going to get lost, and you're going to be like gasping for air, for what? 
for, 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 for Gashmi is the good Parnasa. And guess what? In that contradiction, you're touching. The very fact that you don't give up and you come back tomorrow again to David. That's, what is that doing? That's, that's helping you connect to a place you would never have been able to connect it, to connect to had you been always, your mind had always been in control. And that's the theme of this mimer. And, and, and he's going to explain, that, I mean, that's the idea, he doesn't say it openly, but that's what it seems that, to be, to, to, that he's explaining, why the whole story of Gullus comes about through dreams. Like we have the parasha, where the dreams begin in Sefer Beratius? Where do the dreams begin? So the dreams begin, first of all, Yaakov has his first, the first one who has, who has a dream. Yaakov is dreaming. Then the second dream recorded in the Torah is Yosef's dreams, about him being a king and the sheaves and whatever. And then later in the end of the parasha, we have the dreams of the Sar Hamashkim and the Sar Ha'ofim, the, the, the butler, the, 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 the bartender and the head baker, they have the dreams. And then next week in the parish, you have Paro's, you have Paro's dream. And Yosef is the interpreter of dreams. So you're seeing like suddenly in these three parishes, we're suddenly Vayishlach Vayeshev Miketz is a continuous succession of dreams. Why Dafke here? Because this is when we're entering Golas. Even Yaakov, Yaakov also had a dream, but Yaakov, even though it wasn't the beginning of the Golas, but it was the beginning of his personal Golas. Because Yaakov going to Lavan, that was, that was Golos in the days of the Yavis. It came about through a dream. Yosef is going to take the Jewish people into Golos. And how is, he, how is he initiated? With his dreams. Because the entire Golos is a dream. So every part of bringing, of, 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 of like, of that, that, that helps uh, the transition from the Jewish people from the time of light to the time of darkness to the time of Golos, the the events unfold through dreams because that's the energy, the godly energy of Gullus is, is, on the one hand, it's the Gullus is a dream, it's a nasty thing, it's a horrible experience where you're like, you know, your mind isn't there. But on the other hand, the divine, the, 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 the divinity that we're connecting to in Gullus is in many ways much deeper than the godliness that we were connected to when we had a Beis Amigdash, we lived in Eretz Yisrael, much higher level. Because over there we're connecting to, to, the, to the realm of the divine where everything is set in its place. Meaning things are defined. Light is light, darkness is darkness. Good is good, evil is evil. You know, the, uh, everything has its, its, its place. Things are organized. But in Golis, what are we connecting to? Not to the realm of God where things where Hashem is already manifesting in, an or, in, a, in a world where there's definitions and organization, but from Hashem's essence where He infinitely transcends all definitions, even the definitions of good and evil, right and wrong. And Bechlal, just like we said before, a human being is dreaming in Golas, is that in our Avodas Hashem, we have moments of the highest moments of connection and then we have the darkest moments of disconnect. That's our contradiction. But you think about in the world, the world is full of contradictions. It's that, you know, you have wicked people who are, or, and bad guys who are doing so well. That's like a contradiction. If God runs the world, how can this be? doesn't make any sense. How can it be that there's so many, such chaos in the world? The world seems so unfair. It seems so unright. It seems so confusing. And the answer is, Hashem is related. 
the world during Golas, the world is a nightmare. It's it's a it's a it's a, it's a dream, but it's connecting. Hashem is running the world from a higher place, from a place that is not can't be defined by logic and understanding. This is a synopsis of the entire Mimer, and now we're going to learn it inside in the words of the Alter Rebbe. Shir Hamalois B'Shuv Hashem. It's the song Shir Hamalois, the song that was sung on the steps. Malois means the steps where the Levites would sing. B'Shuv Hashem when Hashem will return, Hashem in the returnees of Zion. Ayin Ukecholim. We will have experienced it as dreamers. What is a dream? A dream connects two opposites together. And it intertwines two in Yanim, two, two, two opposite in Yanim. As if they were one. It takes two contradictory aspects and it, and it, and it presents it as if there's no contradiction. And that is because, why is that? He says, because when a person is asleep, there's a certain part of the human experience or the human power that is shut down. There's a certain part of you that is in, not in operation. And that is the, the mind, the intelligence. The intelligent brain is shut down. When the intelligent brain shuts down, what does the intelligent mind do? The intelligent mind has the ability of discrimination. It can discriminate and it can evaluate and it can recognize what, what makes sense and what doesn't make any sense. That, that's what the mind does. It looks at a situation and says, this, this something doesn't match. So therefore the mind sort, when you're awake, you'll never think such, unless chas v'shalem, you know, a person has a, an illness. Uh, but stamazai, you won't, you, won't, you won't see opposites. You'll see things will be clear, this and that. But what happens when, what happens when you're a dream? What happens is since the the power that differentiates, shuts down because that's the koach ha'seichel, the mind isn't operating, what's left in the human being is what we call the koach ha'medame, the power of imagination. And the power of imagination can imagine anything. And here's the thing, during the, when you're awake, you can also use your imagination. But when you're awake, hold on one second, when you're awake, you can also use your imagination. But your imagination when you're awake is under the control of the intelligence. So the intelligence does not allow your imagination to run completely wild. It keeps it in check. When the imagination starts imagining things that are ridiculous, the brain, the, the rational, logical self says, hey, it starts flashing, you know, sounds the alarm and says, you're cuckoo, you're crazy. So then what happens? It stops it. So the mind controls it. But when you're going to sleep and the mind is kind of off duty, the mind is not there, so the imagination is free to run in any direction at once. And the imagination has a, has a party. And it goes in and imagines all the crazy things together. That's what he's saying. Why Keep it. Hamadama. Not Medaber. Medama. Medama means an imagination. Yeah. Keep it. Shino, because in, in, when a person is asleep, the moach, the brain of the seichel, of the intellect, hamafchin, that is able to differentiate, the loy nisharakoyach hamadama. And the only thing that's left over is only the imaginative mind. The koyach hamadam and the power of the imagination. Yochel Harkiv is able to, to, to um, craft or, or uh, integrate together. Bezin, yonem hafeichim, two opposite ideas. Kamois, fina, I like, <laughs> you know what I like? 
I like that the example that he gives for a crazy imagination that cannot be, that's an opposite, today it's normal, today it's reality. He says, like a spaceship, like a ship that is flying in the air. A ship, fly, a ship can only fly in the water. A ship flying in the air, it's like a ridiculous thing. In the air, everything falls. What do you mean it's flying? He uses that as a... Now he wrote this 300 years ago. And then it's amazing that now that's a, that's, that's, that's a reality. Unless that too is part of our dream that we're dreaming all this up. No, in his days, if someone thought about a ship flying in the air... That's what I'm saying. When someone thought of ship, that in a dream you can dream that, but it was in, in reality no one would think of that. It was so it was so it was so ridiculous. Yeah. As Maimonides writes in eight in the part in the in the what's called Shmaina Prokim in the eight Prokim in the beginning, I think in Akdama of Mesechtasan Perik Chelak on Mesechtasan Sanhedrin. I think that's where it is. But when you're awake, Shemis Oyer Kayachasechel, when the intel when the intelligence is 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 awakened. Who has so it it gains dominance al on the power of the imagination the it doesn't allow the imaginative the imagination laharkiv and to bring together contradictory elements because he sees with the eye of his mind that these are two separate things that can't go together and they can't be unified together. So the mind like puts everything in its own place, and the mind recognizes which things don't go together, and that's why when you're awake, you will never imagine things like when you're dreaming. When you're a dream, you'll imagine all kinds of stupidity, things that are impossible. The kacha inyan, so the Rebbe says, that's what exile is. Exile is a time of dream. The kacha inyan begolos, and so is what, what exile is. Nitzitzelokus, the spark of Hashem, benefesh adam. That is in the soul. That is the, in the soul of the human being, is shuhu shina See the spark of Hashem that's inside of us. That's in other words like this. The Rebbe is saying like this. When it comes, of course, to to uh, um, to uh, material uh, mundane elements in, in our lives, we don't we don't act necessarily in a contradictory way. We're consistent. We consistently like kugel and potato chips. And consistently are involved in whatever we're involved. And see, when it comes to our regular um, um, experience of life, unless someone is schizophrenic or something like that, they're you know they're they're not they're not living with contradictions. They're, they're doing what they're doing. When it comes however, to our spiritual lives, which means when it comes to the life of our neshama, the spark of God that's in us, over there is where we find that we constantly are living in contradictions. To the point that people think about people many times that they're hypocrites. And sometimes we think about ourselves that we're hypocrites. Like, like, like what's going on? How can you be so, so, so spiritual and so holy and so godly in one moment and then just a half an hour later you've totally forgotten about Hashem and suddenly the world became so important, Gashmias became so important, your heart went so on fire for the material things that you yourself recognized by davening when you were saying vahafta, Hashem alokecha, love God with all your heart, and you said Shema Yisrael, Hashem lekeinu, Hashem achad, that God is the only reality, it was so crystal clear to you that everything besides Hashem is meaningless, and you don't want anything, and you said it with all. It wasn't you were faking it; you were saying it with all your heart, and then an hour later, suddenly you get. How many times we daven so well, and an hour later we get so angry at someone? 
because they they did they they took our parking spot or they just were not nice to us or something. You yourself cried out, nothing is important but Hashem. So why are you so upset about some material physical thing that happened? And suddenly you're so aggravated, you mentioned. How did that happen? What's who, like like what's going on? The answer is that that's the gullus, that's the dream. The dream is where you can be in two places at the same time. You can be in heaven and you can be in earth. You can be on... on, on yeah. What happens is, during the time of Golos, Golos is compared to a sleep. As the Zohar says, on the Pasuk, in Shira Shirim it says, I'm asleep. The Zohar says, the Zohar gives commentary. When am I asleep? During Golos, I'm asleep. And therefore, what happens when a person sleeps? The mind retreats. The mind shuts down. And when the mind shuts down, then there's a certain part of the brain that gets active. Which part of the brain is actually more active when you're sleeping? That's the, that's the part of the brain of imagination. Imagination, because it doesn't, the imagination doesn't, get, doesn't need to check in with reality. It doesn't have to check in with what reality says, if it makes sense or not. So it runs, it does its own thing. So then, Yahulullah Harkiv is able to bring together based varam hafchiyim two opposite two contradictory and yonim what is that all day long he's busy with doing business every person running after his money meaning from, from one end to the spectrum this one is turning to his olive grove this is actually a borrowed a thing that the sages say about Hashem said to the Jewish people that I'm going to give you that, he, that, he, that he, Hashem kept the Jewish people in the, in, the, in, the, in the Midbar for 40 years, and he taught us Torah then, and he gave us man, because Hashem said, why couldn't he bring them in, why couldn't he bring them in immediately into Eretz Yisrael? Because if he would bring them immediately into Yisrael, what would happen is the Jews would not really have the time to study Torah, because each one would turn to his olive grove, people would get busy with all kinds of stuff. So in the Midbar we had nothing to do, so we were able to learn Torah. So he's borrowing that term for here, that in the Golos people are running after this guy, after this, and what's one after that. And what happens? Hagam. So what's the contradiction? The contradiction is that in the morning when you woke up, you went to shul and you're davening. And we're not talking about someone who's just davening just because he just needs to daven. He just rolls his tefillin on, rolls his tefillin off and runs out of shul. Talking about someone who davens like a chassid. He learns chassidus before davening. He meditates. And then he starts davening. And he allows his mind to go deeper into the davening. And he reaches a certain clarity by davening. What's the clarity? That God is real. Hagams, he says over here, Hagam Shebetfilo, when it comes during davening, he evokes within himself, his love to Hashem. Hashem suddenly is so crystal clear, so real, that he suddenly feels a love, he feels a desire to connect. And sometimes a person, that's the Rebbe saying, we're dealing over here not, don't think that these contradictions are only in people that are not, you know, whatever, come to shul to pay their duties. He says, no. A person who's davening and he evokes the love in his heart. He has a burning heart to God Hashem. So powerful and so strong. Till his neshama wants. He wants to un- unclothe himself from all of his garments. Which means he wants to tear himself out of the body. Doesn't, doesn't mean he wants to die. It means that he wants to free himself from all physicality. And all he wants to do is sit and learn and daven and connect to the Abishter all day. And he, and he shuns the physical. He doesn't want it. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. He only wants the Abishter. And what brings him to that desire? Because because he contemplated 
in the God's unity, what does that mean? Be Yehudi Allah. In the higher unity, you'll be Yehudi Tatan, the lower unity. As we learned so many times, that there's two ways of perceiving Hashem's unity, on a higher level or on a lower level. But in either way, the idea of Hashem's unity is that all the worlds and whatever and, and everything that exists is canceled to Hashem, is meaningless. And the Abishter is, is real. So therefore, if you perceive that to the point that your heart is excited and that's what you want, then what? And this is the way you should, the rest of the day should be what? You neglect all Gashmias and you're involved only in Abishter, only in Alakus. And, and even though you need, you, you need to get, you need to do some Gashmias, well, you do the bare minimum, very little bit, and the rest then you're. Afa nevertheless, Acharat Davening is over, you take off the Tvilin or whatever it is. You close the siddur, maybe even you kiss the siddur, and you leave the shul, and then you get hungry, and you go for breakfast, and suddenly in breakfast you start looking around at what's there to eat. Then you're thinking you're making yourself an egg. So you start thinking, I can eat a regular egg, but then you, know, then you think I want to have a cheese omelet. So you take a little cheese and you sprinkle it on the eggs. Then you're thinking to yourself, maybe if I chop up a little onions, and I put onions in the omelet, it's going to be not just an omelet, it's going to be a cheese Onion omelet. But the onions, in order for the onions to be really good, you put a little oil on the frying pan and you fry them for a while. And then if you like a little jalapeno, a little kick, you cut, cut in a few little pieces of that as well. And maybe a few mushrooms too. And you make yourself a good aframan. Ah, you just davened. And you just recognize that all physical pleasures are absolute not and nothing because gosh, means doesn't mean anything. And here, what happened? Is the same person? So how does it work? And then even worse than that, once you start getting into your business, into your day, you're all caught up and you get angry and upset about things and whatever. And a person gets completely consumed in it. Then you run back and you dive in mincha, which is really beautiful. But, 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 but for these few hours, you suddenly lost it. As he says, The love goes away. And he doesn't even recognize. That's the thing. The person doesn't even realize what kind of contradiction he's living in? That he's acting now in a complete opposite from what he contemplated during davening. And in his heart, he's kind of laharkiv. He's okay with it. See, only from time to time when you sit by a fabrengen and you said some lechayims and you sang a nigan and, and suddenly you realize, I can't believe it. I, 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 like, I, I feel, I realize that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so... I'm in two places. I'm living two lives. But, but like this, during the day, it doesn't even occur to the person. He's okay with it. Davin. So why, how can it be? And the answer is in a dream. You don't either, when you're having a dream, you don't even realize you're dreaming. And you think it's so real. And the two opposites. And to connect two opposite matters, together, as if they're both one. And in truth, they're completely separated and distanced one from the other. So I, the Rebbe says, what are we saying now? That when you're loving God, that you can't be involved in your parnasa. He just said like this. What's the contradiction? The contradiction is your davening. You're saying, with all your heart, and you, and you have no desire for gashmas. And then a minute later, an hour later, you go back into the world, and you're so involved in your business, and you're, and you're, you're pursuing money, and making a living, Right? So he says it's a contradiction. Who says it's a contradiction? I mean, is there no room in serving Hashem that involves Gashmias? 
So one, in other words, the Rebbe wants to explain why is it a contradiction. Maybe it's not a contradiction. Now you David, and now you have to make a living. After all, you have to live. Hashem wants you to live in the physical world, so you have to support your family. So you have to go do your work. And he, and he proves it. In Shema itself, in the very same psukim where it says you should love God, not in the first parasha, but in the second parasha, im shemaya, it says if you will listen to Hashem and you will love Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul, what does the Pasik say? As a reward of that, I'm going to give you rain, and then you're going to gather your grains, which means you're going to engage in farm work. You're going to be a farmer. That means that the Abishter himself in the Torah says, you're going to serve me, I'm going to give you parnasar barchava. I'm going to give you, but it involves your work. So you see that what? That working doesn't necessarily contradict. So the Rebbe says, no, depends what kind of working. Depends what kind of working. You see, what's talking about in Kriya Shema, about going out to work, is when you're going out to a work, and where the work is not a contradiction to your love of Hashem. That's talking about when you're going out to work, and your intention in, in work is to, to elevate the world. That's your full intention in going out to work. When you're going out into your field, whatever you're going to do, you recognize that there are sparks of holiness in the physical world. And all you want in your farming or whatever business dealings that you're doing is only... For example, if a yid goes out to work and his entire intention is that he's going to meet another Jew, he's going to put him on tefillin. That's your entire... To look for these opportunities... To meet this yid, to meet, to meet that yid, to be able to hop this one and do the mitzvah, to be able to t- speak to this person a word of Torah. And meanwhile, you're doing business dealings. But you're realizing that the whole purpose, you can have an influence on the world. Okay. If you're doing it that way, you're right. It's not a contradiction. What the Rebbe says, most people don't do it that way. Even if they daven. Even though they might take an opportunity to do a mitzvah with a yid while they're at their work. But that's not their intention in their business dealings. To elevate, to find the sparks of holiness. The intentions is because they really feel a need to make money, so that and they want to live comfortable, and that's why even if they're making a living, kind of, and they're able to manage, they pursue more business deals and more business deals to become a little wealthier and to be more comfortable. That and it's nothing to do with nothing to do with Hashem. That's because they that's the need of their bodies. That's what your body wants for a comfortable physical life. But hold it, that contradicts that which you said earlier, that the only thing that matters is the divine. The only thing that matters is your soul and your connection to Hashem. Everything else is not and nothing. That's the contradiction. That's what the Rebbe said. True, the Pasuk allows for going out to work. But when the Pasuk allows for going out to work, it means going out into the world to collect sparks of holiness. Like the Shvatim. This week it says that they were all outside gathering, bundling bundles. What does that mean? To take the scattered, fragmented elements of creation and unify them with Hashem by saying, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu, Hashem Echad. And then imbuing that, that consciousness of the Eibishter. And everything you do, you look for the kavana. What's the, what's the godly intention is? When you're eating... And that's why I said the story with the omelet. Because if I was eating just to serve Hashem, then I wouldn't need the cheese. The cheese is not going to add anything to my sustenance, but make me fat. That's what it's going to do. It's not going to do anything else. I don't need it. Why do I'm having the cheese? I'm having the cheese because the cheese makes the physical experience of eating the eggs more delicious. That is a contradiction to my davening. See, that contradicts the davening. If I'm eating because I need to serve God, then I'll eat a cucumber and a dry whole wheat cracker, and, 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 and maybe, uh, whatever, I don't know what else, a yogurt. 
I don't know, whatever. I don't know, what, what, what do healthy people eat? I don't even know. But, <laughs> but if you're looking for pleasure, so then, then you know, you're busy with, with Gashmias. So the Rebbe is saying, but you're not even realizing it's a contradiction. You're not even realizing. Why? Because you're dreaming. It says, Even though it says in the Torah, six years you should sow your field. In Kriya Shema itself, it says, Serve God with all your heart. And then Hashem Himself says, I'm going to give you rain, and you're going to gather your, you're going to work your field. All this too is serving Hashem. All this is meant, not that you stop serving Hashem for a part of the day. You put God on pause and you go tend to your things. No, that too is a continuation of your service. Ki as it is known. That in all matters of the material world, And everything of the material world are some things that are serving Hashem. For example, Six years you should plant. And in the seventh year it says it's Shabbos, Shemitah. What does it mean? The six years is an illusion, is indicating the sixth millennium. During the 6,000 years, until Mashiach comes, our work is to elevate the sparks of holiness. You work the world. The seventh millennium, once the world becomes holy already, when Mashiach comes, then Shabbos Lashem, it's, it's a break, it's a Shabbos, because you can turn your attention only to spiritual matters. So you see that all of our work that we work in the Gashmis of this world is not meant for the physical it's not physical content. The true content is that too has a godly intention to it. But again, that's only if the person is thinking that. And the Rebbe is saying the truth is that Rebbe knows, the Alter Rebbe knows, that most of us are not always in that level. We're not. We forget ourselves. We get lost in the Gashmias. We get, we get caught up. And this is the idea. And this is the idea of birudim. Birudim means the refinement process. In the six years. And then what comes on Shabbos? On Shabbos we elevate everything to Hashem. And on the seventh year, everything is like Shabbos. Everything is elevated to God. As stated elsewhere. And everything depends on what your intentions of your heart is. And you can see that if a person goes out to do business just to serve Hashem, first of all, they minimize their business very much. They only do the beer minimum, as much as is needed. Secondly, they never ever miss mincha or going because they'll never say that, wow, that I need to be in my business uh, even though I can't afford to go to shul or I can't, because they know that, wow, that Hashem, it's really good. It, it, it's really Hashem is the one who's in charge. So what am I going to try to do my business against Hashem's what Hashem now wants me to daven. They're never going to do anything that's... Right? So, and they're going to seek every opportunity all day long always to do a mitzvah. Um, but this is not what the heart of most of the people, the, the, the heart of the masses, um, they go after money. And they're actually... And they, get, and they get really... They get really pulled into this pursuit, to this money, money chase. In order to find bread to sustain them, kipshutai, in the simple level. Their heart is not thinking about the godly purpose of it. And their heart is not set on the kavana, on the intention. 
Haruya on the appropriate intentions. Rakol Yisham, all their aspirations, Vachol Chetzam and all their desires, Lamalis to fulfill Daimachsoyram as much as they need, what they're lacking. And a person is always lacking more, because as much as you have, you always want a little bit more. Because you always can add a little more comfort. And the Chazal tells us that right, when you have 100, you want 200, you want 200, you want 400. The person is never satisfied. And that's what keeps people always chasing and chasing. To fulfill that which is lacking to them. In the needs of their body. Today I saw a beautiful marshal from Rab Nachman actually, that he says that a, um, that he says that like the, the physical pleasures of this world is like you ever see you ever see a, um, an adult play a game with a kid? So he goes to a kid and he holds something in his hand and he says, here, I have something. So the kid comes running and the kid tries to open the fingers and tries to get it and the adult doesn't let him. Then the adult runs away and the kid goes chasing after him. And finally the kid catches up and the adult gives him the hand again and he tries to open up the hand, pry open the hand and get it. And he says, you don't know what's here? Tell me what's in my hand. I had an ahin and ahin and he makes him crazy. He makes him crazy for an hour or so, or two hours, and finally, after the kid is exhausted and full of this, he opens up his hand and there's nothing there. So he says, that's what the Yitzhahara does with physical pleasures. He basically is holding his hand together like this. All of our life, we're chasing after that, chasing, 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 chasing. And the moment the Nisham is leaving the body, after 120, he opens up, the Yitzhahara opens up the hand and he shows you, I had nah, you're an idiot you are, I had nothing in my hand. You thought you're chasing after, there's nothing really to it. This whole Gashmi pursuit is all meaningless. But that's what happens. So if we do get caught up in this, in this, in this insane pursuit, and, um, and we make from the needs of the body our primary, primary, primary uh, Indian, but the Alter Rebbe is over here perturbed with the idea that this is a total contradiction of the excitement that you had during davening. Because during davening, it was etched in your heart, that you love God alone, and everything else is meaningless. Without mixing in something else besides Hashem. Okay, so the Rebbe says this is a horrible situation. Look at yourself, you're living a contradictory life. Now the Rebbe comes and comforts us, and the Alta Rebbe says, don't feel bad about the situation. Don't beat yourself up. Don't fall into despair. Don't draw the conclusion that because you have this contradiction constantly in your life is a sign that you're imagining things that aren't real, that your davening isn't real. Right? Because someone could say that all my spirituality must be fake. Because had it been real, and I would not... I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be in two opposites. I wouldn't be in the other place. Even though this is true, even after the above aforementioned words, a man's heart should not fall upon him. The person shouldn't get down. That one, that my arousal that I had during davening, and this that I contemplated. This is all just vain fantasy. And, and the proof is, because it must be that I was dreaming. Because all my spirituality is only a dream. Because it's like a dream. What's a dream? How can, how can you have opposites in a dream? Because it's not real. Because you're dreaming. So you might say that what? 
that my davening is also fake. It's a dream. Because the very fact that by davening I can cry Shema Yisrael Hashem Lokeinu Hashem Achad and really believe that Hashem is the only reality. And a few hours later, Lakshan Kugel is the only reality. How does it work? It's like a dream. It's the power of the medama, of the imagination. That, 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 that connects two opposites. The Rebbe is explaining why someone would become down on it. Because since he sees during davening, Sorry, he sees in his own soul. after davening. that his inspiration departs. that the love to God goes away. and he suddenly trans- completely changed. He's turned over. He gets converted. Lev is gufoi. Suddenly, I'm here. I'm loving God, and here I love my body. My body becomes the most important thing. I want to make sure body is happy. Body had a nice lunch. Now body needs to go to sleep. Now body needs to have another uh, comfortable moment. Now it needs to... Like I said, we're all so concerned about how all the stuff that the body should not feel sad in any way. So we're very, much, we're very much pampering the body. When in truth, you're supposed to pamper your soul and its connection to God. So what is a person going to prove? He's going to say like this. Since he turned over to love his body, so what does that prove? What does that prove? It proves that when during davening, when I'm crying, I love my soul and I love you, God, it's not true. What I'm really loving is I love, I'm, even when I'm saying Shema Yisrael, Shema, I'm shuckling, I really still love my body. And, 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 but hold it. If you love God because God is reality, see, that's the problem. You see, if, if, if a person didn't learn Hasidus at all, there's no problem. I love God because God is nice. It's very, very good. And I also love my body. I love two things. That's right. But if you recognize what we learn in Hasidus all the time, that what's God? God is the truth of everything. He's the reality of everything. And therefore, nothing exists but Him. So I can't love Him and have, have something else there. It's, it's, it's mutually exclusive. I can't love Him and something else because I'm not loving Him. Because His, his MS ex- precludes everything, includes everything, or precludes everything. Harei Muvan is understood, Chegam Betfila, it's understood that even in the davening, Loi bitel avas gufoi. He did not nullify the love of his body. Mikol v'kol, completely. This oider shebetvila as ahavel Hashem levado ein amitis. And this that he felt during davening. In a minute, this that he felt, felt during davening, and he said, um, and he loved Hashem. Ein amitis. This is not true. Rakedim yenacholim. It's like a dream. Shemachaber beizafeichem. That's connecting two opposites. V'doy meloi, and he thinks sheoyev es Hashem. He's only imagining that he loves God. V'afopikein. But the truth is, oyev es gufoy. I'm loving my body. Hagam kiloy tzadku yachta. But the two can go together. And the reason is, v'fishazen nilkach mikoyach hamedama. Which so obviously this comes from my imagination. Because in imagination, I can have, I can have, I can have uh, um, false fantasies, things that don't make any sense. So therefore, one will conclude that all of our Yiddishkeit and everything we're doing is worthless. So the Rebbe says, that's where he's going to answer the question, Be'emes, in truth, it's not that way. What's the MS? What you, what's your, your question?
not being in comedy going from the back and forth. That half of his family and this half of his family go nuts. He's he's basically bringing an idea of his parents, but he's bringing it in a way that he's, he's replicating what's going above, below. And then the next parsha, we're talking about a dream. So now we're talking. About, now we're introducing schizophrenia, where just things are just chaotic. There's things all over the place, all coming to. I hear you, okay. In other words, but I think, I, I didn't learn this time, but I think what the rest, I would imagine what the author is getting to is, I don't, I don't think it's a sin to, to guess what the author is getting to. I think the simply what the author is getting to is the idea of the Kedusha, you mentioned before, that in order to gather the Kedusha, like, like Tari was the Moshe being our Lord was showing us Tari, but nevertheless, he was the one that Influence Tari, he had power over Tari to take him out of Egypt. Hashem was with him. In other words, the only way that the Avinta here is to do is to die and go to the Akers of Yemen with you, at least at that moment. And so that through the, 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 the like, Kiddush Bixen, what the Watch did, became much stronger. You're with the Akers, you can now gather those sparks and you better head on them. They're wild sparks. Okay. This idea, but before they, before Yaakov, he, he, I don't know if he's going to be more able to accomplish this. And I'm not saying that Dr. Ed is for sure going to save him. All right, let, let's learn. But, yeah. Ach, however, in truth, he ne b'chines chal, this dream, shor shoy l'mayla. The Rebbe's here, here's where the Rebbe takes the whole thing and turns it over upside down. And he says, you should know that true, this, during the time when the Beis HaMikdash stood, this did not happen. When a person was davened, and he had a true experience of davening, of love of Hashem, a sincere and real love of Hashem, he remained on that spiritual awareness and consciousness all day long, and he did not fall into contradictions. There were wicked people, but those, those were not the same people who davened. They were good and they were bad. There weren't this, this whole seesaw, up and down and up and down, and being here and there at the same time, was not there when the Beis HaMikdash stood. It's here now. So obviously this is because of an inferior state. It's because, it's because our mochin went away. During the time of exile, what happens? In the time of Golos, what's going on is that we don't have clarity of seichel, of spiritual seichel. We don't have that. So therefore, as we said earlier, not only do we live contradictions, we don't even realize the contradiction because we're in a dream. And the reason why our mochen goes away, let's understand something. This is an existential thing. This is not like we're not trying hard enough. This has to do with the very, very mechanics of existence. The very dynamics, I should say, of the way the flow of, the way God is interacting with the world is that way. Why? Because you see, Hashem gives life to the world through the spherot, through the attributes. And during the time of Galos, there's a breakdown of the attributes. The attributes still exist, but on the most minimal form. They're not developed, they're not expanded. It's going to say later, he brings the idea that they're in a fetal state, like a fetus. When a fetus is a full human being, but the full human being, during, 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 during a pregnancy, the baby is folded, and the brain isn't really working by the baby. Um, his brain, that's why his brain is between his feet. When you look at a fetus, the, the, the head is between its thighs. 
because it's not operating. There's no seichel. The child, the only thing that's really working by the baby at that time is his digestion, the heart and the digestion. It's like breathing, but it's, it's eating from his mother and it's, so it doesn't have... And that's the state of the, the entire cosmic um, um, spherotic element is in a state of fetus, which means that there is no mochen, there's no, there's no operation of the supernal mochen are shut down. The supernal mochen, the, the, the brains above are shut down. If the brains above are shut down, we can understand that we don't have the kolach either. So our minds are severely impaired. That means we can learn chasidis, but the real light of the light of the mochen is not really shining. When they in the Beis Hamikdash, when the Beis Hamikdash was stunning, when they learned the mimer, they didn't have a mimer then, but they had. When they understood something, it was so real, it was so sharp, it was so powerful that it was reality to them. And, 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 and sitting and enjoying Gashmias was such a contradiction that no one did it. It was impossible. You looked at a person who, 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 who davened and afterwards got lost in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in lunch like, like the guy was a Meshuggah. I mean, literally, they, they thought the person was ill in those days because no one did that. If, you're, if you were pursuing spirituality, that's who you were all day long. Today's days, because the mochen are not shining above, that, that means that our mochen down here are not shining either. So we are in a what state? We are in a dream state. As we said earlier, when the power of discrimination goes away, discriminating mind leaves, so then your imagination runs free and you can do crazy things. You can do opposites. So we're all a little crazy. But the Rebbe says, I want you to understand something. Precisely because the, in, the intellect of God, the supernal mochen, are not in operation, are not uh, manifesting, that opens us up to something much higher, something much greater. See, the mind serves two things. The mind is the greatest gift to the human being, but it's also the greatest barrier. It's the greatest limitation. It is the greatest gift because through the mind we can know and understand and organize and live a, a, a healthy life. The mind is our guide. But the mind has its limitations because the mind needs to understand. And, and, and since the human being is finite, so the mind keeps a person locked in the finite. And the mind acts as a filter and blocks the energy of the soul to come directly. It's filtered through the mind. So on the one hand, it's good that we have a filter because we don't have a filter what would happen. Then the energies of this pure, raw energy of the soul would come into our body and we'd all be lunatics. We would all be, we would be, because we would have so much energy, we would have so much, and every experience we would have would be with such intensity that we wouldn't know how to stop. So you need the mind. The mind is that filter. So the, and it slows everything down, and it gives, and it brings, like, and it, and, and it organizes, and it puts everything in its place. This, is, this goes here, this goes there, this goes there, goes there. But at the same time, it's blocking the light of the essence of the soul from coming in. And the same is in the cosmos. As long as the intelligence of Hashem is keeping the, is, all life flow is coming through the divine intelligence, it's blocking us from connecting to Hashem's infinite, boundless, and essential self. But during the time of exile, since the mind is shut down, we're actually tapping into the Ein Sof directly. And it's precisely because of that that we are in dreaming. In other words, we're really going much higher. But because it's so high, it comes down in a 
it comes down in a in a in a uh, in something that's negative, but really its source is very powerful. Similar to what we learned two weeks ago, we were learning how Lavan means supernal whiteness, and he transcends all rules and regulations because he's beyond all rules. Remember, he's higher than this color and that color. And what happened to Lavan when he came down in this world? He also breaks all the rules. Whenever he makes a contract, he violates the contract. So he said, why is Lavan violating the contract? Because you can't hold him down to anything. You can't lock him into anything. Why can't you lock him into anything? Because the root of his soul is from a place that's higher than all definitions. And because he's that from the supernal whiteness, so therefore, so up there it's, 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 it's holy. It's a place so holy, it's infinite holiness. But when you try to translate that into our world, where the, this world is set up with definitions and rules, and must operate with rules, if you, if you imply that, that mode of, of lovan, of the supernal whiteness, that translates in this world as corruption. For that you get 20 years in jail. Even though in its supernal source, it's like ultimate purity and like the infinite light that cannot, that doesn't, that can't be defined by any definitions. So here's the same thing with the dream. In essence, the, 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 the essence of this idea of having contradictory elements is because, as he's going to explain in a minute, there is a very, very high place where, which is the ultimate equalizer. It transcends its infinite light. It's higher than any definition. And therefore, all definitions are nothing to Meaning anything that has definition and limitation is meaningless to it. And therefore, light and darkness are the same. Because light, what's light? Light is also a definition. So even though light, so that light is meaningless and darkness is meaningless. Good. Good is wonderful. But it has limitations. If it has limitations, it means nothing to an infinite being that's beyond all limitations and all definitions. So is good better than evil? In our world of intellect, in our world of perception, yes. Of course, everything is based on that idea. There's good and there's evil. But you know what it says? It says when God created the world, Hashem said He created light, and the sages say, hear, hear this. The sages say, when Hashem made light, that's the, that's the deeds of the tzaddikim, that's the deeds of the righteous. Imagine the big tzaddikim who dedicated their lives to do goodness all the time. And then, when it says Hashem made the darkness, that's the deeds of the wicked. Imagine like the worst of the worst. The guy who yesterday shot up the, 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 those innocent people in San Bernardino. Right? It's horrible. Like the real evil and real goodness. Guess what it says? So the Medrash says, I don't know which one God desires. Which one? He created a world. How do we know which one he wants? He wants light or he wants darkness? When the Pasuk says, that God saw that light is good, so I know that he desires the work of tzaddikim. How can there even be a question? How can you say about Hashem that we don't know if he wants the work of the tzaddikim? And the answer is, we're living in a construct of creation. Within this construct, this is good and this is bad. But at a place of Hashem who transcends, transcends, and, and we don't understand even how much He transcends everything and He transcends all logic. So anything is equally meaningless to Him. 
and it still doesn't make any sense. But, 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 but okay, it's meaningless, but this is still good and that's still bad. Yeah, because that's because of our that's because of our limited our limited mind that can't think outside this box of logic. Can't get out of it. So to us, we're thinking like, yeah, but no. Hashem it literally, 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 literally doesn't make a difference. He chooses that he wants good, but in essence, it didn't have to make a difference. He could have wanted bad. Because they're equal to him. Doesn't make any sense to us. Oh, that place is the source of dreams. That's where dreams comes from. Because that place can have total opposites together. Because it doesn't have any rules, and it doesn't have any regulations. The Rebbe is going to explain that that's the idea. He says that the energy of God comes in two forms. One of them is called Or Yashar, Yoysher. Yoysher. Yoysher means direct light. Light that's coming like a line. And then there is something called Igulim. Igulim means circles. There's circles and there is lines. What's the difference? Lines means already a light that has been contracted. And it has been contracted in a line. What do you have? In a direct line, you have the beginning of the line. You have up and down, especially a line going down. So you have the higher point and the lower point. But when you make a circle, in a circle, there is no place that you can say is up or low. A circle, every place is equal. There's no higher part. A circle is infinite. And there's no beginning and there is no end. So he's explaining the, the, the infinite light of God called the circles, that could hold opposites. The whole world of reason and logic, and, and that's all once Hashem contracts himself into the lines, into the kav, and he evolves energies. Once, once he enters into the system of creation, over there there is what we call the higher world where there is more light, the lower world there is less light. Let's ask a simple question. To God's infinite self, is there really a superiority to a world that's full of light versus a world that's full of darkness? Why is the world full of light any more meaningful? Because it has a quality that it's serving God. Who says the service means anything? Who says anything means anything? So you're serving me. Why do I have to care that you're serving me? Why is that even a quality? Yeah, what do you mean why is it a quality? Because that makes sense. In the world of sense. But in a world that infinitely transcends sense, and in a world where everything is possible, anything is possible. So the world of light, the most supernal, holiest thing, and the darkest, darkest element are both absolutely equal in the world of circles. Dreams come from the circles, from the igulim, from the surrounding light. Hold on, that I'm not saying. Now we're learning here. Um, if I, here we're holding this dream. It's root above in its foundation. It comes from the supernal holy mountains. This will be understood by first prefacing Masha Kosov. Now, he wants to illustrate this idea that something that is really in its source, it's really, really, really powerful Kedusha. But when it needs to be translated over here, it can only be translated in something that is a block on Kedusha. See? This is what we're really saying. We're saying that the root of a dream is something very, very, very high. But still, when it comes down into this world, it comes down through something negative. It cannot come down 
through a positive thing. It like has to come around. So that idea is going to illustrate from, it says, on that day, it says like this, on that day, Hashem's name is going to be one, and His name is going to be, I'm sorry, He's going to be Hashem Echad, He's going to be Echad, and His name is going to be Echad. So the Talmud asks a question, on that day His name is going to be one, and now He's not one? What do you mean? Only that day His name is one. Now He's also one. So the Gemara says no. Now He's Taka one, but His name is not one. Why? Because we don't refer, to, we don't call His name by, we don't call Him in the same way that the name is written. When the name, God's name is written, Yudke Vavke, the tetragrammaton. How do we refer to Hashem's name? We, we say, Ado, Aleph, Talit, Nun, Yud. We're not calling him Yudke Vavke. We're not allowed to call him by his name. So we call him. Uparach Begomar, the Gemara asks, Ato, Idna, is he now Lav Shemoy Echadu? Now his name is not Echad. Omeshani, and the Gemara says, Yeah. Loi Keshani, Nichtavani, Nikra. I am written different than I am called. And I'm not called the way I am written. What does that mean? See, here's the thing. Hashem himself is not impacted by Golos. At all. His name is. Because what's his name? His name is how he's he's perceived. What's a person's name? A name is how you showed yourself to the outside, not for yourself. So in Golos, Hashem's name is distorted. He is not distorted, but his name is distorted. How is it distorted? Which name are we referring to? The Yudke Vavke. Okay, now in Golas, Hashem's, the Yudke Vavke, that Hashem is past, present, and future, is blocked. What is it blocked by? It's blocked by something, and that's why it has a cover, it has a concealment. And that's why, how do we call it? We call him Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, Adon Master. But that's not really what he is. It's really Yudke Vavke. But we can't see that. We can't perceive, we can't see that Emes. His name is in Golos. He's not being referred to the way he is written. Only with a garment, Venartik, and an encasement. So he's, therefore he's going to say that, same idea, these supernal circles that we spoke about before that are very, very high, we can't perceive them as they are, we only can perceive them through a cover. And what's their cover? Their cover that, they're, that, they're, that they have is the dream. Is that confusion. You can understand what I'm saying in a few minutes a little better. See what happens during the dream is... See, let's go for a minute for a person. Let's go for a minute to a person. Um... We spoke earlier of the mind. The mind clarifies and defines and organizes everything in our life. Okay? When we're sleeping, what happens? We said, the imagination takes over and you can like be total opposites. In a dream, crazy things. Don't make any sense. Which in the mind, you're awake, you would never have. Now let's just say, why is that happening? We said, because the mind goes away. But what, he's, what he adds now over here is just one point. You might look at this as the mind is not here, so all you have is something negative. And that is, the mind isn't here. So you're left with a lesser power of your soul, which is your power of imagination unchecked by the mind. So you might look at it like this. Here is your imagination. Higher than the imagination is the intelligence. 
And since the intelligence went, went away, is now not operating, so, the, uh, so you're, like, you're sort of like an animal, you're not like a human being. The superior quality of a human being that he can differentiate this from, that he has the ability to, to separate and differentiate, and so, that's not working, so you're like in an animal state. So that's a negative thing. However, truth is he's saying, when the mind is not operating, you see, the essence of a person's soul, not your mind, your essence, has opposites in it. Why does it have opposites in it? Because all the kochos and nefesh, all the powers of the soul, are rooted in the essence of the soul. In the essence of the soul, you have the power to love and the power to hate. And over there, they're not opposites because they're both, they're both inside the essence. You have the power of cold and you have the power of heat. You have the power of water and the power of fire. You have power of, you have all the contradictory elements, all in one, in one essence, because the essence is the essence of everything. Once, however, things emerge through the seichel, everything has its place and everything has its makom. And the heart is a place for excitement. The mind is a place for calmness. The heart is a place for fire. The mind is the place for water. We learned the many men learn. There's, there's love and there's gevura. There's chesed and gevura. Each one is in its own place. That's when, when things begin to manifest. But when things are in their root, 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 infinite, undefinable essence of the soul, where it's not defined by anything, it contains everything and it carries everything in it. Okay? What he's saying is, the reason when you're, when you're dreaming, you're suddenly connecting opposites, is because... When you're dreaming, where, how is your life coming to you from the soul? The life that's sustaining your body from the soul is not coming through the mind since the mind went to sleep. Since it's not coming through the mind, it's coming directly from the essence of your soul. And since in your essence of the soul, everything can happen, that's why it, it, it translates into a dream where you can have contradictions. So now let me ask you a second. The dream itself, of course, is inferior to the mind. But the root of where the dream comes from is superior to the mind. Because it's infinite. You see the difference? The, the actual dream itself is a chisarin. It's, like it's like an animal. You have no, no, no power of, of differentiation. You, have no, you don't have that discriminating power in, in your soul. But precisely, but, but where is it really, really coming to you, this Indian? Because there's a place in you where you're so undefined, where all the definitions are, don't exist. And you're higher than any definitions. And therefore opposites could converge. With Hashem it's the same thing. During the time when the Beis HaMikdash is standing, we said earlier, Hashem's brains are very active. The mochen, the supernal mochen are active. Since the supernal mochen are active, there's a lot of order and organization in the world. Everything makes sense. The world makes sense. Bechlal, during the time of the Beis HaMikdash stood, Tzadikim did well, Rishayim were punished. There was, the world made sense. And we said earlier, people were able to serve their Hashem in a very, in a very logical way. That there was, there weren't contradictions. When we went into Gullus, the mind stops operating. But what happens, that means that we're receiving sustenance directly from God Himself without the Seichel. That's a place where opposites, where everything, where Hashem contains, it's the place of the circle, where high and low are equal. 
However, let's understand something. Does that mean that I'm actually holier when I'm davening and five minutes later I'm acting in a total, in a total contradictory fashion? Is that another expression of holiness? No, 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 it's not. 100% not. When I'm acting in a total hypocritical or a total contradictory fashion, I'm actually not expressing something holy. I'm expressing something, um, it, yeah, I'm, I'm getting stuck in the klipa. I'm getting stuck in a dark place. But we're saying, what he's saying is, that I'm, the root that that behavior is possible, and that that's what's, what's happening during the time of Gullus, is because in general the energy of the Gullus is touching on a place that is so that transcends all all difference. But let's understand something. This is a hard a hard touch Indian to explain. But let me, I mean, what he's saying is that that high godliness that we're accessing during Gullus is manifesting to us, but it's manifesting to us in a it's manifesting to us. In a, in a, with a, with a, uh, it's manifesting to us in a sackcloth. In other words, it's something very high, but it's being, it's emanating, it's being projected to us through a, through a vessel, through a container that can hold it, but that container is a messed up container. It's, it's what the Pasuk says, God says, I'm going to dress the heavens with sackcloth. In other words, we're dealing with heaven. What's heaven? Heaven are these circular energies. This infinite light of God. But I'm dressing it in a sackcloth. Now let me explain what that means, just for one moment. It means that at the core of our contradictions lies something very powerful and very strong that we don't have in the time of the Beisam English. But the actual manifestation is a sack. It's something, it's something low. But it's internally, its soul is something powerful. Let me explain what that means. What would it mean to experience this light not in a cloud? So we have to try. What would it mean to experience this kind of light, this infinite light, but not through a klipa, but directly? Can we have that? And I'll tell you what that is. There's another way where a person can live in these contradictions, but not in an unhealthy way, in a very healthy way. For example, there were very, very, very big tzaddikim that no matter whatever happened in their life, everything was equal. They have the highest moments of spirituality, the moments of the deepest connection to Hashem, and they have the deep and the most darkest moments, like such confusion and such concealment, and they don't flinch. They're just as joyous, just as happy. They have the highest moments in their in their lives when they have, Hashem gave them the biggest bracha, like they're child is getting married and the biggest simcha, at the darkest, devastating moment in their life, crushing moment, they lose everything, and they remain the same at the same time. The Baal Shem Tev translates the word shivisi Hashem lenegdi samid, is that a person has to reach a level where shivisi means equal. Everything is equal. Spiritual high, spiritual low, spiritual, that means no matter what, that means that the person is what? is so connected, so attached, and as connected to the, to the, the Hashem is, is His only reality, that every single thing in the world, good or bad, is absolutely equal to Him. 
That's a holy expression of this of this madrega. That is is that is that no matter what, no matter what, what, where, and when, there's no difference. See, a regular person, even a tzaddik, even a great man, you know, things change. His mood changes. His light changes. You can see the changes happening. Because, why? Because he's impacted. A person is affected by the things that are happening in life. And he, this is good, this is bad, these are better moments, darker moments, and you can see the changes. But at Sadik, that's on that super, super level, you see he's exactly the same through every situation. You don't see a change in terms I mean, Of course, if he has to chas sit shiva, he's sitting shiva and he's... But we're talking about there's no... Essential change in him. Everything remains exactly the same. Hold on, so we get to that. That's this level of Saiviv Kalalman, this level of Igulim coming down without a sack. When it comes down in a sack, when it comes down in a, in, 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 in a garment, in something that is blocked, in a klipa, then how does it come down? It comes down in a manner that we're also in opposites, we're in two different places, but not in a good way. Because here we're doing something of Kedusha. And here we're doing something of Klippa. And we don't even realize that it's a contradiction. So we're also unifying opposites. But we're unifying opposites in a, in a, in a, in a, you hear what I'm saying? You're rooting the opposite in a, in a corrupted way. Yeah, because of imagination. But, 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 but the Rebbe is saying that you should know that the root of this thing is really very powerful. One day when Mashiach will come, let's ask this way, and we, we've gone through the Gullus already, and we lived through these contradictions, then we're going to remove the sack, and we're going to see what we gained by connecting to the place that could handle all opposites. When Mashiach will come, no matter what kind of situation you will be in, it will all be equal. You'll be able to, you'll have gained mastery to live like the Baal Shem Tov. Because you lived it now, so now it's manifesting... See, that's the point over here. The Rebbe is emphasizing that we have to differentiate between the source of it and its actual actualization. Its actualization, we are in a much, much lower level than we were living in the base of the... Then we were living in a world of clarity. Now we're living in a world of confusion. That we need to know that. No one should think for one minute it's better now. It's not better now. This stinks. To be in a situation like this. But the Rebbe says, understand that there is something deep in this madness. What's the, what's the depth of this madness? Is that God is giving you access to Himself. We're in His very, very self. He can contain all opposites. But it's, it cannot be communicated to us as is because we're not a vessel for the infinite. So it comes down in a garment that is not organized, Seichel. It comes down in a, in a, mis, in a perverted. It comes down through a perversion. What's the perversion? That we're touching a place that contains opposites. And how does it manifest by us? That we're living opposites. We live opposites and, and, we, and we don't even realize that it's opposites. Tzadikim, on the highest levels, Tzadikim, on the highest levels, they receive it. Not in a, not in a perverted way. They receive it in a, in a true way. And he's going to say, who's that Tzadik that lived in this level? In this supernal level of dreams, Yosef Atzadik. That's why when you take a look at Yosef, you see he's the one person who was able to be in every situation and he didn't change. He's the same Yosef who was together with the brothers, 
learning by his father. He's the same Yosef when he's being seduced by this woman. He's the same tzaddik. He's the same Yosef when he's in prison. He's in the darkest place. He's the same Yosef when he's the king and his brothers are at his mercy and he can take revenge of them. He is the same tzaddik all along. You see that his, equal, his ability to equalize, to transcend, to be above every situation, to not to flinch, nothing has an impact on him. Why? Because his neshama is rooted in, the, in this place of eagle. And now's your question. Yeah. Most tzaddikim are living in a state of knowledge of God. And then there are the few tzaddikim whose connection to Hashem transcends all knowledge. And they're connecting to the essence. And those tzaddikim, there is no... They're the ones who there's no ups and downs. There's just one continuous... Because on that level, it harmonizes all of it, everything. We're... we're And, and these igulim will be revealed to us because of the gullus. So then we're going to have it in a non-blocked way. Now it can only come to us in a corrupted kind of... It can come to us only in this... Hashem wants to treat us to it. That's the reason why we learned in the beginning of the Mimer, Hashem Dafka treats us to such a crazy life during the time of gullus that He, he forces... He allows us to experience spirituality and then he tears us away from us from that and he throws us into the into the into the into the into the uh, yeah, because I don't want to get a stronger word than that. I know into the physical. He throws us into this into the the tide pool. I don't know if tide pool is not a good word. He throws us into the the whirlpool, whirlpool of material world, and suddenly it grabs us and it spins us and we don't even have control. To the point where we are like, we, we become so obsessed with trying to make a living. And the Abishta says, you want to serve me with your mind. I know that, that's beautiful. But I want to, tr- I want to take you way beyond your mind. You know, as long as you're, you're, you're living in the world of Seichel, you're never connecting to me. Connecting to a little bit of my light filtering through the cosmic brain. That's not me. If you want to come to me, a place that is infinite, Boundless, the place that is transcends everything and all logic and all and all contradictions. So I'm going to put you through contradictions. And life forces us into the kind, and we're forced into the dream world. Now, few tzaddikim are able to receive it without, without needing to receive it through this perversion of living the dream, where the dream is the living a contradictory life. But what does it do to us? Is that it, the Rebbe is saying to us. Don't feel that your davening is not real just because you have an hour or two later, you're in the whatever, you're in the muck. Don't think that what you davened wasn't real because you know that God is treating you to this, to this, to this world of contradictions. Don't take all the credit for your own weakness. <laughs> something, something, someone blames himself. But the Rebbe says that's taking too much credit. Even this, even this, Lack of stability. That too is because I'm the Eberster is doing that for you. Yeah. Hi, hi. If I'm failing and I'm not managing to keep myself, my head above the water and I'm falling down, how am I gaining access to this place? 
it seems like from the very fact that I don't give up and I keep on trying again and again and again to daven and to stand up and connect, that, that's, that's, that gives me access to this godliness. That's the idea. So in Agolus of Oz, he says, "Bene begolus who bechenas shina." In Golus, is a time of sleep. Vestalka samoychen tlas klinen, like a baby that is folded up. The Oz nishmasay. This is the point. One's neshama. My sheches loychayim. A person is drawing life milmaila from above. Vesham who bechenas igulim. And once you get past the spheros, the mochen, the supernal mochen, you get past the the chachma bina. You get to the keser, you get to the surrounding light. Over there, there's no up and there's no low. Sham hu mailo mata. There, the, what does it mean? There, an angel expiring with love to God. Okay? And a, and a, uh, what might you say? Give me, give me something, hold it. And a, uh, a skunk. Borrowing through a uh, garbage or a raccoon, uh, looking for 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 food in a garbage pail, are actually this absolutely the same. What makes this angel full of light higher? Oh wow! Of course it's higher. It's close to God. He's singing songs. So, and this is a skunk going through in the garbage. What makes that any? Oh wait! In the world of logic, yeah, but in a world that transcends logic, they're both creations of God. The creation. There's a light creation, there's a dark creation. Who says light is any better than darkness? Who said revelation is anything more than concealment? See what I'm saying? These are all rules that work in our minds. This is the way it is. From the realm of Ishtal Shalos, yeah, that's higher and that's lower. But from the realms of essence, of Ein Saif, where there's no definitions, there's no Mila, there's no quality. We're outside, we're totally beyond the world of defining qualities. So Mila Mata Shavin. Are they equal? Rakakol b'ashva achas. All is the same. Ubehiskalalus ves achtus kolen yonim, and all total are are completely unified. Belishum pirud. There's no separation. Vischalkus kenoid as it is known. As it is known, what Chazal say, Maimer Chazal, Elo ve Elo divrei lekim chayim. Where do we see something like this? The sages tell us that when you had a machlekes of Eishamei and Besilel, both of them are true. Of the words of the word living, but they're opposites. How can they both be true? How can it both be usher and mutter at the same time? And the answer is, once things define themselves in a defined world, it's either this or that, and they become, they're a contradiction. But in the infinite, it can be white and black at the same time. Yes and no, and mutter and usher at the same time, and Bishama is saying truth, and Bishillah is saying the truth, and there is no contradiction. Let's not try to figure that out, because our minds are not programmed to figure this out. This is, daf, this is dafka outside the realm of Seichel. Once God's light starts coming through the direct light called Kavim, Kavim means the direct light, not the circles. When things are beginning, starting to become linear, then there is already a division. Kavimin, this is right. Chesed, kindness. Masha'in came b'pchinesi gulim in the circular world. Ain't shamischalkus cloud, there's no divisions over there. Shaman over there, kolad vadimamispardim lamata. All things that get divided down here below, mukhubarim are included, vikalulim yachad, and unified together. And there's not seen any separation and, 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 uh, 
and separation between them. Ah, however, he says, so this is a very, very high place. Ah, the problem is like this. This level of divinity, of godliness, where everything is equal, is only possible in the infinite. Finite worlds cannot receive that. Because this is infinite light. So the light has to become what? In order for finite words to receive any kind of divine illumination, it must become, Hashem must, must contract it, it must become limited. Once it becomes limited, you're working already through the worlds of Seichel. So then, so then what? So then you're going to have a whole hierarchy of good, not so good, not so good, holier, not so holy. That means every revelation that comes the world of revelation, please get what I'm saying. It's hard to say this. The world of light, in the realm of revelation, we can't handle this. This we cannot handle. So how, that's, so you be, in the world of, of Moichen, the world of Seichel, okay, this is good and this is bad. And then, what does Seichel do? It puts everything in its place, and then it sees the things that don't work together. And he says, this and this don't go together. So going back in the days of the Beis HaMikdash, when the godliness was coming to the world through the divine brain, you couldn't love God and Lakshan Kugel at the same time. It didn't work. It's either or. They're opposites. They don't go together. So if you davened, you were holy the whole day. You couldn't become, you couldn't lose yourself in the mundane world. In Golos, however, it's not that way. Why? Oh, but here's the thing. This level of Ein Soif cannot be revealed in the worlds. If it does, but it, see, what the Rebbe is differentiating is this dimension could affect creation but can't be revealed in creation. If it's going to be affecting and entering into our experience, it, it will come only in a, in a shrouded, in a camouflaged way. How is it going to come? It needs a garment that's blocking it. Well, what's the garment that's blocking it? What's gar- the blocking that's gar- blocking is the dream situation, is the klipa. Our lives that are full of contradictions, let's remember that, is a klipa. It's not holiness, but it's covering on something very holy. That's the idea. Again, if we would receive it directly without klipa, it would mean that we would be, we would be infinite. Who's infinite? A Rebbe is infinite. That's why a Rebbe can be in every situation possible in his life and he doesn't change. Not a hoot, not a tiny bit remains exactly the same. He's infinite. But a finite human being that's not infinite cannot, cannot live that way. But if God wants to yet still give us access to that light, so he has to give it to us through a dream, and that means that we have to live in a dream. And what's our dream world that we live in? Contradictions. What's contradictions? Here you're a tzaddik, and here you're who knows what. And it's the same, and it keeps on swinging back this way and that way. That's your dream world. So the Rebbe is saying that Golos is the Abishter treating us to something so deep that he couldn't transmit to us in another way. In order for this to reveal itself, the only way to transmit this, to give us access to it, is by putting us to sleep. In other words, like we said earlier, can you ever access your raw energy of your soul? Not 
your body couldn't handle it. So what, what happens? Your mind goes to sleep, and, you, and when, during when you're asleep, then you can access your soul itself. And what happens? Your imagination runs wild, and you have dreams. So are you lower when you're dreaming than when you're awake? Yes. As a functional human being, you're much lower. You're seriously compromised. But in essence, what's happening when you're dreaming? You're plugging into this place so much deeper and so much higher of your inner being. That's in essence, but that's not revealed. See, that, that's what he's saying. This is what it says. Hashem says, I will dress the heavens with kadros, with a sack. Shamayim is this level of godliness that's still the circular, the, the spheres, the circles. And they are dressed in what? They are dressed in darkness. Which is concealment. That's what he's saying. This light is not being facilitated down here, but it's sparkling. It's throwing sparks into us. This very untouchable, unknown place is casting sparks onto us. We're catching little sparks of it, so to speak, while we live through the madness of this contradiction of Gullus. When we wake, when we wake, oh, oh, that's where Mashiach comes. When Mashiach comes, it will reveal itself. But had we not gone to sleep for a long nap before, then we wouldn't understand that revelation. Because we couldn't, what he's basically saying, we couldn't go from the time of the Beit Samigdash and move to Mashiach. It would never work. The mind would not allow us. You hear what I'm saying? We needed to have a dream and then wake up from the dream. Sha'az, what is shining is from a very high place, from a higher world, which these are these circular spheres, in the dream, which is the power of imagination, to connect two opposites together, as if they're one, because in truth, let's really say it like this. What does he say? From God's very essence, from Hashem's very, very, very pure essence, is there a difference between spiritual ecstasy and prayer and a physical object or a physical act? Is one really higher than the other? It's all the same. It's all one. It's all part of His oneness. All part of His oneness. That's what He's saying. So, but is that okay for a human being to say it's all the same? And I'm going to dive in, and then I'm going to do whatever I want, and then it's all the same? No. Because we're living in a world of what? The Abishta created it through Chachma. And through Chachma, there's an order. There's what's right and what's wrong. But again, that's from within the construct, and this is from above the construct. Looking at it from the outside or looking at it from the inside? In the inside, there is a system. And we have to follow the system. But the fact that above everything is equal, little sparks of that fall into us during the time of Gullus. And that's why we go through this seesaw of ups and downs in order to, 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 to reach for that, that ain't sof de ge'inyan, that we would never be able to reach when our minds are fully dominant 
which is in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. When things get divided based on Chachmadas, this is this, this is so, this is so, then it's the opposite. That's when you can see that one thing is opposite of the other thing. And then they are really one thing doesn't go. This doesn't go with this. This is black and this is white. This is hot and this is cold. This is right and this is wrong. This is tall and this is short. It doesn't go. That supernal place where everything is all ba'achdos can't reveal itself in a world that is created al Ella. So the only way that Hashem could communicate it, however, is he has to put Chachma to sleep. He puts the Chachma to sleep, gets it out of the way, and he says, let's communicate in a much deeper level. And we fall into a sleep, and then we can dream things. And that's why when Golos was beginning, what did Yosef HaTzadik do? He started to dream. And there's dreams after dreams and dreams. The whole parashiyas are full of dreams. Because we're entering into the dreamlike realm. And as I said before, Yosef had this level in a healthy way. Why? How do you see that Yosef had this level in a healthy way? Is that by him it manifested in the fact that in every situation he was in life, he did not separate from Hashem. By him it was all equal. I mentioned in the Monday night class that the, the, the quality that Yosef had over his brothers was that his brothers would not be able to handle it. When they were... His brothers did very well spiritually when they were removed from the world. But if you put them into the world, you got them busy with worldly things, they, they, it, the world, kind of the gashmius of the world, um, distracted them. So the brothers were the type that when they came to shul and someone was talking, they kept on saying, shh, because they couldn't, they couldn't concentrate when someone was talking. But Yosef was the type that he can be in a room full of shouting and screaming and everything and nothing affects him. Because he's so, he's attached to something, to, he saw such deep dveikus and everything in the world is meaningless to him. That's why Yosef was able to be completely involved in all material matters of Mitzrayim. Didn't faze him for one second. Because he was above it all. Infinitely above it all. Yes. Yes, it will, yes, that's right. It will all be good. Yes, it doesn't mean. Yeah, you're right. We will be healed from evil, and there won't be evil in the world. But we will have reached a place where, see, the evil is going to be rejected at that point because that's what the Abish has chosen, not because of its own. Chisarin, because of its because of its own chisarin, that's in the world of logic, which is too much to talk about right now. Um, the higher lights sparkles. But here's the point: that a spark from this very high place hides itself in the darkness. It dresses itself in the dream, and not in a revealed way. 
Revelation has to come through Chachma. So this comes through concealment. Well, said love, now he's dealing with Mashiach. Here's the last paragraph. Last tiny paragraph. Well, said love, when Mashiach will come, your teacher is not going to conceal himself anymore. And therefore, his name will be one. She won't be enclosed, the Mechusen covered, Benartek, in an encasement. In other words, we will see him as he truly is. We're going to see. And there it says, When Hashem returns, the returnees of Tzion, we're going to be like dreamers. In other words, then we're going to realize that what? Then we're going to realize, what are we going to realize then? The root of the dream is going to be revealed. The sovev kalalman, the source of all this is going to be revealed. Everyone will recognize and will know. We're going to turn around when Mashiach comes and we're going to realize that we were so high during the exile. That's what's going to be so crazy. Now we're thinking we're so low then we're going to realize that we were really touching upon something so deep and so high. We're going to realize that we were in the world of dreams, where dreams come from, that we were from the level of Igulim. We're like a dreamer. And with this we'll understand, there were two neshamas that were very, very connected to this world of dreams. To this dream-like, pre-intellect world. Yaakov, because that's why Yaakov has a dream. And Yosef, particularly Yosef, is a man of dreams. And in many ways, he's higher than Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama. Because Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama, what does Moshe bring us? Torah. What does Torah do? What does Torah do? Torah sets everything in order. This is right, this is wrong. Torah is Hashem's Chachma. Yosef comes from a world that's beyond Chachma. Beyond. Yosef comes from a place from the Igulim, from the circles. Moshe Rabbeinu comes from the linear light, from the top of it, from the very top. But Yosef comes from the place. There is a level where Yosef is even higher than Moshe. How do you know that? So Yossi is going to like this. How do you know that, that Yosef is higher than Moshe Rabbeinu? So it says, because when Nadav and Avihu died, Moshe Rabbeinu says what? That they were, that since it says, Bikrei and those that are close to me I will become holy. The two sons of Aaron died. Moshe Rabbeinu says a sign from there that they are holier than me and you. He tells Aaron that they, I thought, I knew the Beis Amidosh is going to be sanctified by the, those who are close to God. And I thought it would be me. But now when I saw Nadav and Avihu died, I see that. Now the Arizal says that Nadav and Avihu were the nefesh and the ruach of Yosef. Hatzadik. We know that every person has neshama, nefesh, ruach, neshama. So the nefesh and the ruach, the nefesh of Yosef went into Avuhu, and the ruach of Yosef went into Nadav. That's why, um, um, and, 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 and yet Moshe Rabbeinu says they're greater. Why? Because Yosef's neshama is in some ways higher than Moshe. He's from the world of dreams. Moshe Rabbeinu, we never see him dreaming. Everything by Moshe is clear. Discrimination. 
right, wrong. Yosef touches this. Uh, that's interesting. He says like this: Avu is the nefesh, and that's why it says they said Anachnu Tameim. The people who came by a Pesach Sheni, they came to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, "We are Tamei Lenefesh Adam." Why don't they say now? Why were they, why were they Tamei? Because they touched; they were being osek and burying Nadav and Aviu. So they should have said, "Anachnu Tamei, and we are Tamei Lenefashos Adam." Because they had two burials to do, Nadav and Avihu. So the Arizal says, no, they only became Tameh from Avuhu. They didn't become Tameh from Nadav. Nadav, even though they handled his dead body, they didn't become Tameh because Nadav didn't make any Tumah. Only Avuhu made Tumah. When you come into contact with a dead body, you become Tameh. But Nadav didn't impart Tumah. Nadav did. Why? Because only the level of nefesh is contaminable. The level of ruach is not contaminable. Since Nadav had the ruach of Yosef, and ruach is not contaminable, so he didn't, he didn't give any tama. But uh, Avuhu had nefesh. Nefesh is contaminable, so it gives tama. So that's why they said anachnu tamein lenefesh, which is only ta'avu. But, but, but that's just a side point. But the main Indian that he wants to say over here is that both of them come from Yosef. They are Yosef. They're part of Yosef. And Moshe Rabbeinu says they're greater than me. Why? Because igulim are higher than Yosher. The surrounding lights, the circles, are higher than Yosher. They didn't need to be sprinkled because of him. Klal. And that's why about him, Va'olav Nemar, and about him it says, Viruach Nediva Tismecheni. And a spirit of nobility, Tismecheni, you should support me with. With a gracious spirit. Ruach Nediva, Nediva is Nadav. Ruach Nediva, that Nadav contains the Ruach. David Amelech says, Support me with the Ruach. V'zau Shakasov, Noye Katsain Yosef. The Jewish people are referred to during the Galos were, were called Yosef. Why are we called Yosef? Because during the time of Galos, we're dreamers. Whose energy are we tapping into during the time? Since we're dreamers, who is the man connected to the circle, to the, to, the, to the spheres, to the circling light? Yosef. So Yosef's energy sustains the Jewish people during the time of Galos. Ki bezmana Galos hanagas Yisrael Yosef is Yosef. He's from the world of dreams. From the world of Igulim. That's why another thing about Yosef. Yosef was a dream interpreter. Why was he in a poser chalomis? Because since he himself came from the world of where dreams come from, so he automatically knew when you came to him with a dream, he was a home turf. And why does... And what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the craft of being a dream interpreter? What's the skill? It's you have to work your way through contradictions. It says that Paro's dream, the problem that all the interpreters had with Paro's dream, was they couldn't resolve one contradiction. How can it be that the seven cows, fat cows, were standing at the same time, if it was years, why didn't they all interpret it? It makes the most sense. That it would be seven fat years, and then seven. 
says the Rebbe says when in one of the sikhs, he says, because the problem that they had, if it's years, then how can you have both of them standing at the same time? It says that they, the, the seven fat cows came out and then seven skinny cows came out. If it's years, then by the time these years pass, so they saw a contradiction. Yosef was able to resolve the contradiction. Why? Because the whole energy of dreams is contradiction. And only someone who can, who's from that deep world can handle the contradictions and unify them and encompass all contradictions. That's why the word ben pores, Yosef, pores, which means he's a dream, and poiser, the word pores, pores, also means poser, he's a dream interpreter, and one more word, if you rearrange it, it also means tofer. Tofer means to sow. When you're sewing, what are you doing? You're taking two opposite pieces of material, or two pieces, and you're sewing them together. It's the ability to sew things together. And that's really what we're living through, this hellish nightmare of colors, in which we're constantly being in worlds of... Contra- Everything is contradictory. It's because we're unifying things that we have no idea. From the infinite ain't self, everything is one beautiful, harmonious existence. But in the world of Seichel, it's like all chopped up and like contradictory. And in the Golas, Hashem treats us to that igulim digger reality. We survive it through the power of Yosef. Yosef, And that's the Toifer. And that's why he was the one who resolved dreams and, reconc- and, and interpreted dreams. It's time for us to wake up from our long dream and experience the Geulah Shalem already when then we're going to receive the light of Hashem from the Igulim, but not through the, the, the sackcloth that we're receiving it now, which is so painful. It's not going to be through the sack. It's going to be the Igulim on their own. All right.